I'm Christian, and welcome to the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, a show where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gemoir Leadership Podcast. Today, we are talking all about communication. Dirk, we often hear that communication is important, but is it really that important for all professionals and managers? Or is it something that we can or even should leave to public company CEOs or marketeers, salespeople, and crisis management consultants for whom communication really is a big part of their actual job description? In other words, why dabble in something that maybe we're not so good at? Yeah, Christian, that's an excellent question. And and you're right. There is a school of thought that says that in your professional development, you should focus on your strength. Uh, The idea here is that it will take you a disproportionate amount of effort to improve on an area of weakness, and you would have been better off investing that effort to make one of your strong points stronger still. Right, Dirk. Okay. And here, I suppose we have a critical question. Do you subscribe to that point of view you just outlined? Uh, by and large, actually, yes. And, and the reason is that if you focus on things that come easy to you, where you have a natural talent, you will be so much better at it. And you will be so far ahead of others who have to work hard at it. The, the best way I've heard this explained is that someone may train hard to become a strong swimmer and may even be very good at it but they still will have no chance competing with a fish. Dirk, that's funny, but it's also a pretty powerful analogy. And I think that we get it, swimmer versus a fish. But I think we also have to admit that's a bit abstract while it sounds good. Do you have maybe a real life example that could help us ground the question? Sure, sure. Earlier on in my career, I worked for a world leading Uh, manufacturing and technology company. And I worked directly for the founder who was a brilliant engineer and who really wanted me to understand the company's product and manufacturing operations. And so the company had a truly spotless uh, shop floor with the best machine tools money can buy. They come from, uh, from Japan, from Germany, from the United States, and so very advanced stuff. And, and so he assigned me to a sort of apprenticeship program with the machine tool operators. And I was rotating through the metal cutting, drilling, turning, polishing, and so forth operations. And I found this very painful because technical things are not really my forte. And it was Mm -hmm. also a bit awkward because all the the operators, still some people who had been there for a long time, very skilled people. And, And so, but they were not really ready to explain what they were doing to a person uh, like me. And then the founder, a bit later, he discovered that I was a people person. And when he needed a new vice president of human resources, he assigned me to the job, even I had no prior experience in HR. But then he sent me to an advanced executive human resources course that was uh, at the time at the University of Michigan. And I learned a lot there. And even though 
the field was new to me are related to what was being talked about and it was a totally different learning experience and so i was able to make a strength stronger and really learn something your point is well received and that really seems to support the idea that we should invest in our strengths and not bother too much to work on our we- our weaknesses but thinking back to what you said you said this is a by and large kind of situation why add that qualification well while i very much subscribe to the principle on focusing on strength there are certain skills that have what we would call a multiplier effect. So mm. if I'm working for an advanced manufacturing company and I'm not an engineer, yes, it just doesn't make sense for, for me to try and become an engineer. So there are plenty of engineers in that company. They're all fish in water. Right. And at the time, in fact, one of the board members, he specifically told me, don't let him, and he was talking about the founder, don't let him make an engineer out of you because the best I can ever do is become a swimmer, and in my case, not a very good swimmer at that. But no matter what job I do for the company, it could be in finance and marketing or even human resources, I I need some basic knowledge because there is a multiplier effect. If I have zero clue as to what the company does, the combination with my strength may be close to zero. Right, Dirk. So thinking about that, because you multiply 10 in one area with zero, in another relevant area, you still get zero. Yes, exactly. So so I do need a minimum level in some skills to enable my real strengths to be, to be effective. Wonderful, Dirk. That makes a lot of sense. But before we move on here, just quickly, did you learn anything worthwhile from your shop floor apprenticeship? Well, maybe not uh, uh, initially, but it was a, a valuable experience, no, no question. And so while I still don't really know how an advanced electronic discharge machining or EDM machine works, so I don't know at all how it works, but, but I, I did start to develop an appreciation that machine tools are very expensive and that you really need to maintain them well and that you need to thoughtfully design your processes for for maximum efficiency. And you also you also want your shop floor to be well lit and tidy, and that's a matter of safety. Uh, but also if, if customers come through, they, they, they do appreciate a clean, uh, a clean operation. And, and probably the, the, the most important thing that I started, uh, started to learn is, is that losing production capacity in a capital intensive operation like this, that, that, that's really something you, 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 you don't want. And so you do want to run it on a continuous basis. Uh, any kind of idleness will cost you uh, dearly. And then I, later I took uh, a lean manufacturing workshop. And so I learned more, more about this and, and the importance of keeping things uh, humming, understanding where your, your bottlenecks are and the, having the, the right sequence of process steps and, and key areas of, of automation and, and, and so forth. And, and how that really can influence the rest of your operation. And, and really everyone in the company uh, must understand how that affects, uh, affects their work. So, so getting a very close firsthand look at an advanced manufacturing operation really was valuable, uh, but I probably appreciate it more uh, than, I did, uh, than I did at the time. Wow, Dirk, that's fascinating. And I think that's a critical point. Now, uh, years later, looking back, you see the value and you see how that played out. 
And I'll just add here, that is such an interesting experience. I think I'm I'm with all of our listeners here saying, I wish we uh, that took place during the age of uh, little drone cameras or hidden cameras in workplaces just to see what you look like around all those machines and trying to figure out how an EDM machine works and so on. But that would be for an alternate timeline. Anyway, Dirk, this conversation, we're talking about communication. So let's bring it back. Where does communication come in here? Yeah, Christian, I think that communication is actually one of those multiplier skills. And you cannot really say, hey, I'm not good at this, so I leave this to the professionals. I, I actually believe that every manager must be able to communicate at some level. And even technical professionals can really supercharge their contribution if they invest in becoming better communicators. Okay, Dirk. I, I think I know where you're going, but I also know that that might concern some people who aren't the greatest of communicators or know that's something they have to work on. So let's just lay it out here. Why is it important to work on communication? Yeah, the, the reason is that even the best idea or strategy or plan that you uh, will that will not do anything for you unless it is understood and accepted by others. So you may have a lot of quality thoughts here, but if you cannot get those accepted by others, it, it, it's not going to work. And and so the key thing here is that something that may be totally obvious to you, because you're an expert in your field, can be anything but obvious to, to other people, because those people, they may work in a different department, or they have different priorities, or they have other uh, perspectives, or they don't have the uh, big picture, or they answer to different bosses. So there are a million reasons why even the best or most obvious things need strong communication. Right there. That makes a lot of sense. My strength could be being that engineer, but if I have to work with a team or work with a manager or work with anybody, communication comes into play. So that makes sense. But let's again ground it in a practical question. Say I now recognize the importance of communication and I want to work on it, but I don't have a lot of time. And right now I don't have the, the space or the schedule to be able to take some course, at least right now. But I still want to become a better communicator. What would you think are perhaps the top three things we could start with? Yeah, that's that's a great question, uh, uh, Christian. And the first one that I can think of that would really make a huge difference is to bring people into the conversation. Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, we have to realize that many of the people we've worked with, even people who work in the in the same company or or same department, they 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 can work in a different world, so to speak. And so you have to bring them into your world. Okay, Dirk, give us an example, please. Yeah. Yeah, so let's stick with our advanced manufacturing operation. Maybe you want to upgrade your, your operation to use more uh, data analytics. Uh, this is sometimes called industry 4.0 or connected uh, manufacturing. So, so I could say I need to upgrade and implement data analytics and connected manufacturing. But you are probably right that that, uh, and, and you're probably right that you want to do that. But you are starting in your world. Right. So from here, you want people to bring the others they're communicating with into that conversation. Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. So you would start by explaining 
what things currently look like, how we got here, mm -hmm. so to speak. So you would say, well, we have built a highly efficient manufacturing operation with advanced machine tools, well-trained operators, and good processes. And, and this work has served us well and has enabled us to become cost-effective and stay ahead of the competition. But now things have changed. Advanced machines, well-trained operators, and good processes are no longer sufficient to keep us ahead because there are data analytics tools available now that can take an operation to the next level. They allow pinpointing even better efficiency or we can predict the failure of a machine uh, based on certain utilizations parameters. So these are insights that allow us to implement even better practices or adjust our maintenance program. So if we want to stay ahead, we need to implement these new analytics tools, and we need to make them work for us. Okay, Dirk, that was very, very helpful. You have a technical need that makes sense in your world. So you take the person back in time a bit, you explain how things were, you provide that context. And then I noticed how you talked about pointing to a practical change and explaining that quite simply what we had is no longer good enough. Yeah, exactly. And and by the way, that change that, that comes that could present a problem or it could also present an opportunity. But now my conversation partners have that context. Right. Context is key. Wonderful. So what would be communication tip number two? Yeah, the second one would relate to uh, structure. You really want to present things in a coherent way and, and good structure help with that. And um, that applies to the big presentation, but it also applies to uh, a chat with your team or even making a comment in a, in a Zoom meeting. So what does that look like? Yeah, well, there, there are a number of models to, to structure your, your, your communication, but, but the most basic one is to have three points. People can really remember three points and putting things into three points forces you to organize many more points that you have, but you now have to fit those things under main categories mm. uh, that, that, you want to, that you want to communicate. I like where you're going there, Dirk, but again, maybe you can give us an example. Yeah, sure. So again, now that we're talking about that, that we've entered the world of, of manufacturing uh, operations and, and as part of bringing people into the conversation, we talked about three things that initially made us successful, advanced machine tools, skilled operators, and strong processes. Mm -hmm. You can offer those three. And now if you want to talk about the types of machines you're using, like Trim from Germany or Mazek from Japan, this goes under point number one. If you want to talk about the shortage of skilled operators or demographic changes, this goes under point two. And if you want to talk about further process improvement, you can find process steps, for example, that can be automated, but all of this goes under point three. And so this thought organization helps you and others remain oriented and your details and examples and 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 so on really uh, uh stick well with the with the topic so so even if you're contributing in a meeting i would even consider jotting your main three points down quickly before you speak so others don't get lost uh when you when, when you speak dirk that's very helpful and as you were speaking in these three points i began to see some parallels with my own academic world. I'm at the point in my career where I'm either presenting research at conferences or seminars or even giving feedback to students in classes that I TA for. And I can already say I noticed the power of three points. 
especially perhaps at a seminar or on a panel when I'm presenting information that might be new to my listeners, where we're in the same general field, but they're not experts in my specific research, where three points makes it understandable, makes it tangible. But I find with three points specifically, there's that balance. You're able to walk people through a context, an argument, and perhaps the relevance. And then you're also able to limit that, where you're not stretching to four or five points where people can get lost. I find with three points, you're able to craft a narrative. Yeah, it, it's really amazing how how powerful this is. You're, you're absolutely right there. Yeah. Right, Dirk. And then tying back into our conversation here, it's no coincidence that perhaps we asked you for three points about communication. Do you have a third? Yes, I absolutely <laughs> do have a third point. Okay, Dirk, lay it on us. <laughs> All right. So, so the third point would be you want to finish strong. The last mm. thing you say has the most impact. That's what sticks with, with, with people. And very often, especially when they're speaking informally and without notes, people fizzle out instead of finishing strong. And, and this can happen for a number of reasons. For example, say you're in a Zoom call again and you're speaking uh, to people and they react in unexpected ways or they don't react at all. And you see blank stares on your uh, Zoom windows and, and that can be disconcerting, but, mm -hmm. but there's no point becoming uh, insecure here. Finish what you have to say finish strong. So in our machine tool example, let's go back to that. You want to bring people into the conversation. We talked about that. You want to give three points why we need manufacturing data analytics, optimize efficiency, deploy predictive maintenance, and find additional uh, areas for, for automation, those three. And then you want to finish strong, long, something like we need to invest in analytics to stay competitive and to prepare for an increasing digital future. And then you stop you finish strong. Finishing strong. I like that a lot. And we indeed need to make a call to action. We need to get to know what we're talking to people, why we're talking to people in the first place. And I think this finish strong ties into we want to tell them what to do next. And there needs to be that call to action. That's what gets people interested. That's what sustains interest. Also, just thinking about this now, I guess there is no need to share all the information we have. If we have more information, we can bring that out when we ask questions. Better to be clear and crisp. Yeah, uh, Christian, I, exactly. You really can keep some of that powder dry, and then you know that additional uh, in, information comes out in the in the in the Q and A. That that's really a good way of looking at it. Right, right. So definitely better to say what we need to say, finish strong, rather than saying everything we have to say. I love that. That's something I'm making a note of for myself. But Dirk, back to our conversation. Everything you said, your three points makes a lot of sense. Definitely conceptually a great help. But right now, give us a call to action. What can listeners actually do to get better at this? Yeah, Christian, I think the main thing is to look at these things as habits, something mm -hmm. you always do. So, so you always want to bring people into the conversation you always want to organize your thoughts and you always want to finish strong. And, and then if you do that, you can use every meeting, every presentation to practice these habits. And then you will find that at, at some point, this will really become second nature, maybe a little bit artificial initially, but then you really uh, develop that as a habit and you, you'll, you'll find that you really get better at this. Mm. Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. Practice making perfect. That's what it sounds like here. 
And I like the idea, thinking about it, calling it a habit. This isn't some fancy rhetoric tool or using big words to communicate better or somehow impress people. These are three habits that we can actually practice that will actually help us get better over time. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Wonderful, Dirk. So let me now practice finishing strong here with a summary of three points. Firstly, communication is a multiplier skill that is really needed in many areas and managers must pay attention to it. It is worth investing in no matter your main skills or strength. Secondly, there are three habits that will help managers and professionals communicate better. Bring people into the conversation, organize your thoughts, and finish strong. And third, the last point, realize that like with any other skills, you will get better through practice. Keep it simple, but really, really practice. Dirk, what do you think about that? I think, Christian, that's very well summarized. Thank you so much for that. Wonderful, Dirk. I'm very glad to hear that. And I'm glad to hear that so many of our listeners love our little summaries at the end. But we are at the end now, and that's all the time we have. So just to let our listeners know, this is our last show of 2022. So we would like to wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And we look forward to seeing you again in the new year here on the Gemoire Leadership Podcast. Until then, take care.